Chapter Four of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four. Marjorie Edmonds. True to her decision, the following afternoon found Marjorie awaiting admittance at Ralph Bramlett's home. A curious half-smile was on her face and a faraway look in her eyes as she read the name Bramlett on the door-plate the time had been when this young woman had thought of that name even in connection with such trivialities as door-plates she remembered a certain june evening when she had waited with ralph to be admitted to judge bartlett's house and he calling attention to the name on the door had said it isn't quite bramlett but it takes about the same space doesn't it however we shall not have that style of lettering on our door i detest it do you arrange even such matters about our house that is to be marjorie i think no small detail of our establishment escapes me she had laughed in response and said gaily our castle in the air yet with the laugh had come a blush and she had admitted to herself that no smallest detail of that dear castle could be unimportant to her so entirely a matter of course did it seem to her that some time in the lovely future the name bramlett would cover her own yet here she stood at ralph bramlett's door awaiting admission and the presiding genius of his home was estelle douglas bramlett was it not well for her that she could smile not simply a brave smile but a quiet natural one that time was all in the past as she had told her mother and her heart as well as her conscience said it is well she knew now that she had never been intended to become the wife of ralph bramlett that a wise and kind overruling providence had held her from it and she could look up thankfully because of the ruling yet it was to say the least interesting to be standing here at ralph bramlett's door she had speculated a little over their first meeting how was it possible to do otherwise when she remembered with such vividness their last interview probably ralph too remembered it if they could both forget it everything would be comparatively easy she went swiftly over that last interview while she waited recalling almost in spite of herself some of ralph bramlett's wild words estelle douglas be hanged he had said savagely when she had haughtily reminded him of his engagement with her and then he had poured out that alarming appeal to her not to cast him off to remember how long they had been tacitly pledged to each other to overlook all the past and permit nothing to separate them again let us be married right away had been one of his passionate outcries oh she remembered it vividly the remembrance called the blood to her face even now but the blush was because she realized that the man who had spoken such words to her was at that moment of his own will and desire engaged to be married to another long ago she had settled it that some experience of which she knew nothing had caused a temporary insanity during which he had forgotten his position and gone back into their past what a humiliation it must have been to him when he came to himself and realized what he had said it was possible nay she had settled it with herself that it was entirely probable 
that he had brooded over this interview until it had had much to do with the retrograde life at which glyde douglas had mournfully hinted in the old days she had been well acquainted with him and none knew better than she what a demoralizing effect a sense of self-abasement had on him it was entirely within the range of his imagination to believe that she marjorie despised him if she could but meet him in a friendly way quite as though they were and always had been and always would be real friends it might accomplish much it was this train of thought that had brought her to the decision which she had announced to her mother and brought her finally to ralph bramlett's door it was lena who admitted her and she waited in state in the handsome parlor like any formal caller when mrs bramlett came it was evident that she felt formal and dignified in vain did marjorie struggle to take her old friendly place what a pretty home you have estelle i have often thought of you in it and fancied myself running in to see you it is even prettier than i imagined it have you grown used to housekeeping or does it still seem queer to be regarded as mistress with no mother in the background ready for appeal oh yes the matron said with a cold smile she was quite used to it almost anything became an old story after a few months and have you been well all these months aren't you thinner than you used to be how is ralph does he look just as he did the truth is it seems to me years since i went away i am not used to being so long from home you know i may call your husband ralph may i not i cannot seem to bring my tongue into the habit of saying mr bramlett i think of him very much as i fancy others do of their brothers nothing could be more sincere than this sentence the time had been when it flushed her cheek and brought a look of indignation to her eyes to have estelle douglas talk to her about ralph bramlett being the same as her brother but all that seemed very long ago like a piece of her childhood that had been foolish and been put away what she had desired exceedingly was to establish herself on such a footing with this young couple that they would honestly look upon her as a sister one who was interested in everything that pertained to their life and ready to be as sympathetic and helpful as possible if glyde was not mistaken ralph especially stood in dire need of a sister's influence but her heart misgave her as she looked at estelle's unresponsive face she had been mistaken she told herself in thinking her paler than of old there was a rich glow on her cheeks these thoughts floated through her mind as she listened to mrs bramlett's reply ralph was quite well she believed though she hardly saw enough of him to be certain he was like all men so absorbed in business as to have neither time nor heart for other ideas as to what name her guest should use toward him the wife utterly ignored this question and then suddenly it seemed the time for her to ask questions what of yourself marjorie what have you found to occupy you all this while i was surprised to learn that you had returned just as you went away how is mr maxwell he is quite well or was when we last heard he is coming to spend the midwinter vacation with us i hope you will see a good deal of him then i feel sure that both you and ralph would enjoy him 
and when is the marriage to take place mrs bramlett had not forgotten her old art of asking direct questions when she chose undeterred by any feeling of delicacy it may be that she thought marjorie's frank kindliness justified her in asking so personal a question but was ever stupider guessed for the moment marjorie was bewildered could she mean glide but that was absurd she would not question an outsider about her own sister's affairs then suddenly the personality of the question dawned upon her and she laughed you must mean my marriage i think my friend i haven't any idea nothing is farther from my thoughts at present my own opinion is that i shall stay close beside my mother and be a good useful old maid sister to all my friends i have always thought that a more useful life than that could hardly be imagined and at present it certainly seems a pleasant one there was no mistaking the earnestness in mrs bramlett's tone when her next direct question was put do you mean me to understand that you are not engaged to mr maxwell the rich color flowed into marjorie's face but her laugh was free and unembarrassed my dear estelle she said how could you have imagined such a state of things i assure you that nothing can be farther from the thoughts of either of us mr maxwell is a true and valued friend speaking of brothers i am sure no girl could have a better one than he is to me but that is quite the limit of our relationship we have never for a moment thought of any other well said estelle drawing her breath hard and speaking quickly as one impelled to speak whether she would or not then all i have to say is that you are even a worse flirt than i took you to be estelle have i ever said or done anything that justifies you in using such language to me there was the pathos of wounded feeling in her voice as well as a strong undertone of indignation estelle was instantly ashamed of herself i beg your pardon she said trying to laugh i should not have said that it is really none of my business of course but you took me so utterly by surprise why marjorie everybody thinks you are engaged to mr maxwell and ever since we heard you were coming home people have been wondering whether you would be married before your return or wait to have the wedding at home i am sure i never was more amazed in my life just what reply marjorie would have made will not be known an unexpected interruption occurred it had been months since ralph bramlett had come out from his business by an early train indeed his wife counted herself fortunate if he arrived in time for their late dinner so all engrossing had his office business become her caller had taken care to assure herself of this fact before she chose the hour for her visit her plan being to re-establish the most friendly relations with the wife before coming in contact with the husband indeed one must do her judgment the justice to explain that her plan involved influencing her old friend ralph almost entirely through the medium of his wife she reasoned that having so little time outside of business hours he would naturally want to spend it chiefly with his wife and of course she would not often see him in short she desired and planned to act the guardian angel to this friend of her youth 
without coming often enough in contact with him to disturb the angelic influence that is not the way in which she put it to herself yet it is perhaps a fair explanation of her inward meaning however on this particular day the unexpected happened mr bramlett came home by the early train and hearing his wife's voice as he entered the hall and believing one of her sisters to be with her he pushed open the door without ceremony and stood framed in the doorway and ejaculated the one word marjorie then marjorie's self-possession returned to her not even positive rudeness on estelle's part should keep her from trying to be helpful in this home if ralph supposed that she cherished indignation against him because for a single moment under the power of some excitement he had lost his head entirely and spoken words which must have been a humiliation to him ever since it should be her duty at the first opportunity to assure him of his mistake accordingly she arose and advanced to meet him with outstretched hand they were to be friends then she must have been gratified not only at the instant look of relief but of unqualified pleasure which overspread ralph bramlett's face he grasped the offered hand with an eagerness which did not escape his wife's eyes and drawing a chair beside marjorie plunged at once into the most earnest conversation which was so worded probably by accident that estelle was of necessity left outside neither did he appear to notice it when she murmured an excuse and abruptly left the room marjorie did however and was disturbed not at being left alone for a few minutes with her old friend she desired to establish their relations on such a brotherly and sisterly basis as to make this the most ordinary of happenings but because she felt afraid that estelle would not realize how hearty and entire was her interest in herself nor how anxious she was to be her friend it is really estelle that i want said this unworldly schemer what a pity that ralph came so soon i wish he would go to his dressing-room or somewhere else and give me a chance to visit with his wife yet although this uncomfortable feeling floated through her mind she had not after all the remotest conception of the state of turmoil into which she had thrown estelle bramlett be it understood that she had never realized in the past what was patent to some persons namely that estelle was jealous of her influence over ralph why should there be any such feeling marjorie would have reasoned if she had thought about it at all did he not choose her and give himself to her and had he not made her his wife of course she was to him above all others that last interview with him in which he had spoken words which would imply the contrary was left out of the matter altogether as soon as it was definitely settled that these words were but the ravings of a temporarily unbalanced brain her surprise and consternation would have been great could she have followed the wife and watched her as having locked her door against all possible intrusion she walked up and down the room eyes dry and bright and seeming to flash venom and hands clasped in so tight a grip that had she not been under the influence of violent excitement it would have hurt her muttering from time to time such words as these a wicked wicked woman worse a hundred times than an ordinary flirt 
what does she mean haven't i trouble enough without having her steal into my house like the serpent that she is i hate her i wish i had told her so and gotten rid of her in some way in any way before ralph came oh ralph ralph the name was uttered as a sort of moan but still there were no tears estelle bramlett was a woman who had no tears with which to relieve her deepest feelings in her pocket there burned at that moment a bit of paper which she had found on the floor of her husband's study it was covered all over with a name written in different styles of his fine hand that name was marjorie edmonds marjorie edmonds repeated in german text in fine flowing hand in bold business hand in curves and shades and flourishes and twice carefully written marjorie edmonds bramlett what did he mean why should he employ his idle moments in writing that girl's name in every imaginable style why had he actually added it to his own name her name did he wish all the time that it were marjorie edmonds bramlett instead of estelle douglas bramlett how was she to bear any of it End of chapter 4